For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We have to allow young boys to develop into grown men and understand their responsibility as grown men, as leaders. You look at that police force, and again, I feel somewhat sympathetic for them, but our culture is so hostile towards policing. Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. And that was Jason Whitlock, and I'm Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA FM 1071. Uh, it's Friday, Memorial Day weekend uh, in the year 2022, seven minutes after nine, and the phone lines are open, 210-599-5555, uh, 210 um, Well, we had this uh, press conference with the guy from DPS yesterday. I'm sure most of you saw that or heard it. We learned some new stuff, and then we have uh, Representative Gonzalez uh, confirming, uh, at least from his on his word, he's confirming uh, uh, something else that's uh, even more disturbing about Uvalde. And uh, we're going to talk about this stuff. And the phone lines are open two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It is Friday, also. We'll I'll try to lighten it up here for you here and there uh, after a, 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 an emotionally draining week, to say the least. From my perspective, then that's no comparison in any way, shape, or form to what the folks uh, in Uvalde have uh, have and are suffering. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. All right, just the basic stuff. Okay, so we, the, according to the DPS yesterday, they've clarified a few things. Uh, there was no resource officer. We'd heard three different things, right? That uh, the shooter engaged uh, or the resource officer and they're, and they're supposed to be one on campus right this is that school's policy rob elementary has a policy of a resource officer being on campus just like they have a policy of all the doors being locked um the first thing we heard was that uh, the resource officer had engaged with firearms the uh the the shooter the next day i believe it was no it was a it was a verbal engagement and as we found out yesterday afternoon, well, there was no resource officer at all, which is kind of strange. It's kind of a strange progression uh, of different uh, uh, facts or, if you will, or explanations of what happened that are each, you know, detailed in a sense. Exchange with gunfire, exchange verbally, and then no resource officer at all. It's it's a little odd. I mean, I, I don't. And I'm, I'm giving everybody the benefit of, of the doubt at this point because, like Stephen Williford said earlier on on, uh, on Trey's show, that uh, you know we, we still it's, it's we're only a couple of few days out from this thing, so you know it's uh, let's be uh, gracious in a sense or or uh, generous in, in in what we uh, uh, claim to be actual knowledge and what we're just merely conjecturing on. So I, I don't know. It's 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 very strange that the resource officer thing is very strange to me. Um, also we found out and we found out this actually, I think from Greg Abbott the day before, uh, that the shooter was on campus for 12 minutes. So he crashes his truck. Apparently a couple of people from across the street 
are coming towards him to see if he needs help. He shoots at them. Uh, he hops a fence, I believe, and then he's on campus before he enters the building for 12 minutes, which is not a little amount of time, if you think about it. Um, so I, and then he, he, he goes in through a, an open door. So 12 minutes, I mean, again, just kind of talking out my butt here. I'm, I'm thinking, well, did he try a couple of other doors and they weren't? They were locked, and then he just happened to find this one, and it was unlocked. Or did he know this door was unlocked? We also know now that we have this uh, Border Patrol guy who was at a barber shop whose wife texted him and told him there was an active shooter at the school, and he picks up a shotgun, goes over there, gets in, and gets, I think, 20 kids out. I mean, again, this is, what we're, this is all what we're being told. Um, so he obviously didn't go into the door that the cops were massing around. So it tells me there must have been other doors that were unlocked. Uh, we have this mother who, who originally was handcuffed and then she was let out of her handcuffs and she slips away. She gets into the school. She gets her kids out. So she had to have gone in through another door that was open. These are just the things that I'm thinking. These, you know, again, this is all pure conjecture on my part. What I'm describing, as far as people doing A, B, C, and D, is is what we're being told. The other parts of it are, are me just thinking out loud here. The other thing we're now hearing, uh, and uh, this is from Representative Gonzalez, that he confirmed that uh, four years ago there were two boys uh middle school age boys who idealized the shooters at columbine the murderers at columbine and uh, were claiming that they when they turned 18 in 2022 were going to shoot up a school or shoot up this school it's unclear to me whether they meant this school or a school and i believe both were actually taken in by uh local police and uh, one of them ended up going off to, I think, the Dominican Republic, and then the other turns out, according to Representative Gonzalez, to be the shooter from uh, Tuesday, inferring that local police had this guy. I don't know. I don't. It's been so long since I've been a juvenile. I, I don't really, you know, understand. Would something like that go on your juvenile record? Is that something that would follow you? Would the school know about that? But certainly local authorities knew about this kid and making this threat. So if that's true, that opens up a whole nother dynamic to this thing. I'm just going to kind of riff on this stuff for a few minutes and we'll take your calls. Uh, again, last night, uh, or yesterday afternoon, rather, the guy from DPS sort of described also in a little bit more detail how things actually uh, occurred once this guy got into the school. So he goes into this door that's open. Uh, if I remember correctly, Chris, he, he goes down a short hall and then he turns. I can't remember whether it was left or right, but he turns and finds the classroom he ended up barricading himself in which means he, from that door he entered, he was around a corner. Uh, the shooting took place in the first few minutes he was in there. 
there were kids, obviously, in other classrooms in this part of the school who were, you know, hiding and had their doors locked. It's, it's haunting to think that they would have heard all of that going on. Um, two officers went in and engaged him, I believe, initially, and they got shot, but they ended up staying in there. But as far as what we're hearing, they had no line of sight on the guy, so if he turned to go down a different hallway to go into this classroom, tells me these two cops were around that corner, right? Um, you have all these other law enforcement people who are massing outside of this one door, and you could see that from the videos, and this is where the business of the parents you know, screaming about trying to get in and go in and do all this stuff. And uh, w- what I was hearing from different people, you know, offering their opinions on this who are law enforcement or FBI or what have you yesterday is that it may be possible he, they were found themselves in a quote-unquote funnel situation where because of where this guy was and where he was barricaded, uh, he would have had, in a sense, the higher ground, right? So anybody coming around that corner, you know, he he would he could pick off pretty much. He would see them before they'd see him. Something of that nature. Again, this is just conjecture now based upon what I heard yesterday. He was in there for an hour, right? So the question now is, why was he in there for an hour? Some of the things we've heard as far as what was being said outside is that they were trying to get negotiators in there, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, additional manpower and additional equipment. I don't know. That That's probably the biggest question right now, right, is why was he allowed to be in there for an hour? I had a question that popped into my head yesterday when I heard that. And it's one of those questions that we'll probably never know. Or maybe we'll be able to figure it out once we learn more about how this actually transpired and as far as his location in the school and what have you and what they could see and what they couldn't see. My question, Chris, was like, well, he, he, the, the shooting took place in the first few minutes. He had a lot of ammo. Why? I just wonder why he stopped. Because he could have, I'm assuming... It moved to other classrooms. It, it, he was there for an hour. Uh, unless these two police officers who did stay in there did have a line of sight on him and maybe he felt he couldn't leave this room. I don't know. But it is interesting, you know, why he did stop. What's Either what stopped him or why did he stop and specifically stay in this one room. <sighs> so that's about all I got right now. That's, you know, that's most of the new stuff that we've heard. Uh, again, a lot of it is, uh, you know, what you just heard beyond the basic information I passed on to you, which we were, are being told by DPS and, and other folks like Congressman uh, Gonzalez, um, was, you know, my thoughts and my conjecture. I don't know. But there, I, I, one thing we do know, there's a lot of questions. And a lot of people are asking a lot of questions. So what do you think? 210-599-5555. 210-599-5555. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. Newstalk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. Newstalk 550 KTSA FM 1071. The Sean Show. Let's uh, take a few calls here. Start with um, Mike. Mike, how are you doing? 
Yeah, I'm doing all right. Hey, let, let me let me ask you a question, Sean. Um, don't you think that uh, if an 18 year old kid walks into a gun shop and wants to buy two AR-47 rifles and and all his ammunition, what what would you think if somebody walked in the store if you was or the owner of a gun store, wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you notify the police department that an eighteen-year-old kid is trying to purchase two guns? Uh, what he, what is he? What do you think he's going to do with these type of weapons, eighteen-year-old uh, kid? I, I think that the, the age should go up to at least twenty-one, maybe uh, to twenty-one at least, before somebody can purchase. So, what a if gun? a twenty-one-year-old kid walks into a gun shop and uh, wants to buy the same amount of ammo and the same kind of weapons? Well, don't you think that you're a little bit more mature when you're 21 than you are 18? I, wouldn't you well, I'm saying what what changes? Because what's sticking out in your mind is the weapons he's buying and the amount of ammo, right? Yes, but I'm so saying... So if a 21-year-old came in and bought the same stuff, what what's different? Well, what I'm saying is, when I was 18 years old, I'm I'm a I'm 45 now. I was way more mature when I was 21 than when I was 18. I like I just well, I'm just putting myself in the position of of being 18 years old and wanting to purchase these type of weapons. It's uh, it's, it's it's just too dangerous of a situation. You you don't think that that would help to up the age of, of somebody being able to buy a weapon? I think we could talk about it. I mean, I I you got to be 21 to buy booze. You got to be 21 to buy. Uh, uh, or, or 21 to, uh, what, uh, I'm just, my, my mind is going blank today. Well, you gotta be 21 to buy booze. <laughs> I, uh, I, it's a good conversation, but I think it was David Van Camp that pointed this out yesterday that unfortunately, you know, buying booze isn't a constitutional right. Okay. The kid didn't, as far as buying the weapons and the ammo, he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything illegal. And if we're going to start looking at people as to why they're buying a certain kind of weapon, well, it really wouldn't matter if he was 18 or he was 21 or he was 35. You, you see what I'm saying? Did he hang up? Okay. Uh, you know, I, cause, and I want to talk about that idea for a little while because that's a big point of controversy right now is, you know, should we raise the age to 21? And uh, I, I, unless you can explain to me how that helps. See, I, I, unless you can explain to me how that really would help. Because there are people who might be 18, they might walk into a gun shop and want to buy the exact same weapons he did and the exact amount of ammunition, and they're not going to do a damn thing illegal with it. You know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, I have a really big freaking gun. You know, I, I have a, I, I got a freaking cannon, man. It, when I bought that weapon, what about so the guy who's uh, you know looking at me going, is this, what's this guy need this big gun for? What's he going to do with it? Maybe I ought to flag him. So you get into that uh, territory. Again, we, we have laws in the books. There's a lot of misinformation out there. Uh, first off, you have every time you purchase a weapon, you have to you have to get a background check. I heard on ABC News again today talking about how the president wants background checks for online sales. You still have to go through a background check to buy a weapon online. Whoever is selling you the weapon via the online website has to put you through a background check. I think what's more important, then we'll take a, we'll go to Richard. I think what's more important is that every single one of these types of killers, these types of spree killers, 
mass shooters, whatever you want to label them, they've all had red flags that were there prior to even getting to the gun shop. What, what What's breaking down there? Uh, and again, as far as raising the age of 21, and, and it's always more laws, more laws, more laws, you have millions of people in this country who own weapons who never commit a crime with them. So you're going to bring in, what, additional laws? I don't even know what those laws would be, but let's just say for poops and giggles, we layer up a bunch of more laws that every single American now is going to have to abide by and is going to make every single American... Uh, it, it have it make it more difficult for a person to to purchase a weapon so that you may catch in that net one whack job who has some dark plans in his mind. I mean, it, it doesn't make any logical sense. Get them before they get there is what I'm saying, because most of these people are what? They're young. They're weirdos, uh, and people know they're weirdos. They, they have either interacted with police prior or, or they've interacted with school authorities prior. I mean, time and time and time again, and they just walk on by. Even Nadal Hassan had red flags all around him, and he was surrounded by psychology professionals, mental health professionals. But it's always laws, 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 the more laws. Greg Abbott made the point, and we make that point all the time, you have places in this country that have extraordinarily restrictive gun laws. I grew up in a place like that, outside of D.C. Chicago has extraordinarily restrictive gun purchasing laws. In fact, just about every major city in this country, with the exception of San Antonio, if it's uh, if it's run by, sorry, uh, progressive liberals in the local government, they pass, they end up passing very restrictive gun laws. Why is it in every single one of those cities their gun violence rates are off the charts? Explain to me how more laws work. 210-599-5555. It's Richard. How you doing, Richard? Okay, Sean. I hope you're doing well today. Thank you. Yes, yes, I am. Hey, Sean. Uh, look, I have a comment, sir. Uh, we see marches for abortion, mass marches for abortion, the right to kill something out there. But with this tragedy in Uvalde, I would think this would provoke a nationwide desire to get out there and have a mass demonstration for improved school security measures, fences, cameras, magnetic doors, et cetera, et cetera. Something that would be, that's not a law, but this would be, we, we would, you know, even right. tell the people in the communities, hey, uh, well, you know, uh, Lowe's, uh, Home right. Depot, you know, donate the fence for now. If you can't find the damn right. money, let's donate the cameras, I, let's donate the fence. I got some thoughts on that. I got to run. I'm out of time. I got some thoughts on that. I, I, I had a conversation with my wife last night that will kind of enlighten my thoughts on this, on what you're describing there as far as hardening the schools. Let's take a little break. It's Sean on News Talk 550 KTSA. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA FM 1071. I'm Sean. It's Friday. And we have full lines, obviously, uh, on uh, some of the new information we've received out of Uvalde. So let's just go down the line here. Here's Jaime. Jaime, how you doing? Hey, how you doing? I mean, I, your other caller that called earlier about uh, going to 21, I mean, 
I don't know. It, it's just the whole system failed to begin with. I mean, I think there's a couple of things we do need to change. I mean, I'm not saying this is a fix-all, and right. I'm not saying that this will stop it. I think that we need to already look into this juvenile records and adult records. The world has changed from when we were growing up. I mean, there's so many things that are going on, and I think that the Yavaldi PD and the school district all failed in reporting all this that was going on. The gun, the gun shop, I mean, this kid came in, he turned 18, he bought one. Yeah, the kids do that. But then he went and bought another, bought round. Yeah, he didn't, he, buy them both on, he, he didn't buy them both on the same day, right. Yeah, he went, yeah, he <laughs> went within a week's time. That's when the owner should have said, you know what, it just doesn't feel right. I need to kind but, of I mean, flag it. Or something. Maybe you'd but, think that maybe you wouldn't, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, and and it, it's it's it depends on the situation, right? I mean, but you know, as a as a as a store owner or a weapons owner, like you got you have to kind of look for all that stuff because I mean, you're selling. Well, what would you be weapons, looking for? Right? He's buying a rifle. No, People I, go in there I, and they buy ARs all the time. I mean, yeah, no, no, I agree, I agree with right. you. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying, like, you're, maybe there was a sign, maybe there wasn't. We don't know. Hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Right. But then at the same time, I'm thinking this is just my thought. Why don't we kind of change it to, yes, if you're going to buy a semi-automatic, start doing it at 21, because by the time he would have been 21, he would have had a criminal record. The way he was going, he would have had something, right? At 18, I don't know. By bolt, and hold on. But at 18, buy bolt action. Like, you can sell bolt actions to 18-year-olds because those are going to be hunting and stuff like that. But start looking into maybe. I don't know if it's going to fix it, but maybe like the semi-automatic rifle, full rifle. Maybe wait till they're 21 because, I mean, we do a lot of stupid stuff when we're young. Yeah, I know, but I, you I don't know. You grow up. And I, hi, May, I appreciate the college. I, I just, I don't know how that fixes it because you probably have all kinds of 18 year olds that go out when they turn 18 and they buy a weapon, right? Because they can, right? They're 18. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't have any stats on how many young people own guns. I'm sure it's probably more in a place like Texas than it is in like a place like Maryland. You know, I mean, I, I just, I, I, I understand what everybody's saying. It's an interesting conversation about raising it to 21. But the idea that you should raise it to 21 because you're just more responsible at 21 than you were at 18 is not really a good, it's not a solid argument. And and I hate to be repetitive with what a lot of other people say, but when you turn 18, we allow you to vote, and we allow you to join the military and shoot all kinds of weapons, including fully automatic weapons, which these were not. Um, I, I really think the key to this, and I agree with Greg Abbott, and I'm not even sure how this would pan out, but it's a, it's a mental health thing. It really is. And... The, again, is there a single example, with maybe the exception of the guy in Vegas who was an older dude, is there a single example of a young man going into a place, a school, a theater, or what have you, and shooting a bunch of people, and there weren't red flags around that person prior to that act? No, is the answer. They all have that in common. Okay, we're laying it all on the gun seller. We're laying it all on the guy who is there selling ARs all day to people. You know what I mean? But somehow he's supposed to figure out that this one guy is the, is the one who he shouldn't sell an AR to. Even though he passes a background check and does everything legally. 
and every time you buy a weapon, you need to, you have to pass a, th- this crap that somehow people magically don't have to go through background checks online is 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 nonsense. You you yes, every time you purchase a weapon in America, you have to go through a background check. However, you you're buying it. So, you know, I, I think the 21 argument is is making us all kind of feel better, like, well, if only you couldn't have bought those weapons until he's 21. Well, maybe he just would have wait, waited a few years. Okay, if, if what Gonzalez is saying is true, all right, that this guy had this in his head since he was in middle school, if he couldn't have bought the weapons until he was 21, how the hell do we know he wouldn't have waited until he was 21? You know, I, I, you see what I'm saying? Do you see what I'm saying, man? Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Steve, how you doing? I'm doing well, Sean. This thing gets more and more heartbreaking every day. Oh, absolutely. Change, changing the age is a waste of time. There's an awful. There should be an awful lot of regret, and 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 just regret and second guessing, soul searching going on in the city of Uvalde and in the school district of Uvalde going on today. Hopefully other cities and other school districts won't soon have to experience that same regret and remorse and soul searching. But I, I, I'll tell you, the, if you, if you want to put a stop to this, stop listening to the Democrats and anything they say about anything because they're wrong about everything. <laughs> stop believing anything they say, stop voting for them. Greg Abbott is a punk and a coward for changing, for canceling his appearance at that NRA function. He's a punk and a coward, and I, I, and I, and I wish we had another choice. But I'm going to tell you, Sean, if the school districts and the freaking cities and the school districts don't get a handle on this, parents are going to just, they're going to stop just showing up, and they're going to start showing up armed. You better get a handle on this. You better get some 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 lookouts, some watchtowers. Right. You better start locking those freaking doors, and you better start paying attention when you got these little wacko kids running around spouting their little snot-nosed stuff on the Internet. I mean, I am just – I'm sorry. I just – every day this thing gets harder yeah. and harder yeah, and more heartbreaking. Yes, it's it like your previous caller said – so many people dropped the ball on this right. thing. Changing the age, not going to do a bit of good. Yeah, I agree. I got to go, Steve. I just got to go, man. Put forward, not going to do any good. I agree, man. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Let's take a little break. It's Sean on News Talk five fifty KTSA. This is CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent Major Garrett. Congratulations to KTSA on one hundred years of service to San Antonio and South Texas. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA. Ray Liotta passed away, one of my favorite actors. 67 in the Dominican Republic while shooting a movie. Just went to sleep. Went to sleep and didn't wake up. We don't have any uh, additional information. Young guy. 67 is young when you're, you get to be this age. And a very good actor. And I, I think the last thing I saw him in was... Uh, Frankly, the very bizarre Saints of Newark or whatever the hell it's called, the the Sopranos prequel. And I say very bizarre because he played twin brothers, and I always think when people do that, it's a little odd. But just you know, did a lot of great flicks, man. I of course, you know, and let's be honest, if Goodfellas was the only movie he ever did, 
<laughs> would have been enough. You know what I mean? Because you know, Chris, you're 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 a funny guy, man. You're a funny guy. The way you funny, huh? You, you, you know the way you push the sound effects and tell the stories. It's funny. I, I, I just mean it's funny. How many dudes have done that scene? You know, just that one scene alone, which Pesci pretty much ad libbed, and they all went along along with it. Like funny, how? The way you tell the story. Joe Ray Liotta, man. You know another great flick, and then we'll go back to the phones, but just take a break, a breather here. Copland, I think, was one of his best movies. And not a lot of people saw that. It was a very interesting movie. It was about a bunch of corrupt cops that had taken over a small town in New Jersey just across the bridge. They were New York's NYC cops. Stallone played the local sheriff. It actually got fat and put on a lot of weight. Yeah. To play kind of a, you know, nebbish kind of a guy who couldn't, right. he was deaf in one ear. Right. Which I thought was interesting. Stallone, I've always said, is an amazing actor when he has an actual part that requires acting. Yeah, when he can dive into it, he does a really good And he job. really did in that role. That was probably one of his best roles, it, I think. It, it Copland, was. Great film. And Leota was great. Yeah. It's oh, kind of yeah. the one, you know, decent cop or what have you. Yeah. Uh, great flick. If you've never seen, you want to see a great Leota flick, that's Copland and Stallone's yeah, performance. They were, they were both phenomenal. Harvey Keitel is in that. Yep. Just a great movie that nobody really saw. It was it kind of came and went. Mm-hmm. And maybe because Stallone wasn't all buffed out and, you know, right, yeah. cracking heads and stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah he played it like, like you said, this humble, you know, kinda, small town. Just you know. small town, yeah. fat. You know, looking across lumbering galoot, you know. You know, he'd look across the river and see New York City and all that was going on there, and he was over in Jersey just trying to hold things together. Right. You know? Right. Uh Copland, yeah, great flick. But you know, that opening line to Goodfellas still. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. I mean, it's just a great opening line. <laughs> Ray Liotta. And, and you know another good Liotta flick that didn't get a lot of attention? It was the Brad uh Pitt movie, Killing Them Softly, uh, where Pitt plays. Did you see that, Chris? Where Pitt plays a, a mafia hitman, and Leota plays a guy running a, a a poker game or something of that nature. Kind of that was you know was a surprise because I it, we don't we still don't know exactly what happened, but Ray Leota, yeah, died in sleep. Iconic uh, film actor. Of course, Field of Dreams was probably my favorite. You know, your guys are going to make fun of me because I'm a baseball fan. I've never seen that movie. No? No. I may watch it now. Yeah. It's a good one. never seen Field of Dreams. I thought the premise was stupid. It's like, why? These baseball players come out of a cornfield? What the hell? Yeah. But it's good? I liked it. I liked it a lot. We were back in 89, 88. Yeah. If you build it, they will come or something like that. it's It's been around for a while. And and Kevin Costner gets on my nerves too. I can only take so much Kevin Costner. <laughs> he's the same dude in every movie, man. Right. I don't care if he's playing Superman's dad or Elliot freaking Ness. He's just Kevin Costner. Wyatt Earp. Wyatt Earp. The worst Wyatt Earp. The ever. worst Wyatt Earp ever. And don't even get me started on freaking Robin Hood, man. I still <laughs> want the four bucks back that I paid for that piece of crap. <laughs> Seeing that crap at the theater. Connery's like, I'm just taking a check. I'm getting paid for five minutes' walk. Anyway, uh, 2 0 5 Because Connery comes in at the very end. 
after you suffer through two hours of Kevin Costner play arguably the worst Robin Hood in cinematic history. I don't know what kind of accent he was doing, but it wasn't a British accent. What a world I can live with, you know. Well, of course, Alan Rickman was a great sheriff. Oh, was, everything was perfect except him. Robin, that would have been a great freaking movie if not for freaking Costner, man. <laughs> Holy crap. I'm still pissed off about that. I am. I really am, man. I can tell. Are you going to be great, okay? It had all the elements of being a great damn movie except Costner. The guy can't act. Yeah, but he was, you know, he was a big star at the time. He was a big star. That doesn't mean he could do Big Beth, you know? I mean, he, the guy's just not, I mean, he's not a dynamic actor. Can we all agree on that? He just kind of does that aw shucks crap in every movie, you know what I mean? <laughs> Waterworld. Waterworld. What the hell? I want that money back, too, for renting that piece of crap videotape. He played a corpse in the Big Chill. He just, well, that fit his acting style. <laughs> he should have won a freaking Oscar for that. <laughs> Kevin Costner. He's on Yellowstone. Have you watched that No. I, the last thing I watched him and I tried to make it through uh, Hatfields and McCoys and mm-hmm. one of the most depressing movies. I know the guy that wrote the screenplay, too. I hope he's not listening, but it's like one of the most depressing movies I've ever seen in my life with Costner just sucking on a stupid pipe. Oh, well, my cousin worked with him in A Perfect World, too. Now, that was a good movie, but not because of him. It just was a good movie. Okay. Uh, I just went off on Kevin Costner for some bizarre reason for several minutes. What did he ever do to you? I don't know. I just, you know, I wasted a lot of money on freaking Kevin Costner flicks, man. All right. Robin Hood. And Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. It's not any mystery why young boys are confused, angry, confused about their identity, angry at the world. Uh, their natural instincts have been under attack probably the last 50, 60 years, and most acutely in the last 15 to 20 years since we turned over our culture to the pansies in Northern California and their social media apps. Sean Rima, 9 till 11, News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. <laughs> News Talk 550 KTSA, the pansies in California. That was Jason Whitlock, Chris. News Talk 550 KTSA. Um, well, you know, we still have full lines. Uh, we're talking about several different aspects of Uvalde, uh, whether the legal age to buy weapons should be raised to 21. That's what the president wants to do. I, I think it's a pretty meaningless gesture, to be honest with you. Uh, talking about some of the other things we've learned, that uh, there was no resource officer, uh, even though we were told originally there was, and that he had, uh, this officer had engaged uh, the shooter. We're now being told by Representative Gonzalez that uh, the shooter from Uvalde was one of two 14-year-olds uh, or, or two middle school boys back, Four years ago, who had said they were going to do a, they were going to shoot up a school in 2022. Just a lot of questions. The kid was in there for an hour. You know, uh, why did the police not go in? Uh, and I'm I'm just really going to bang through some calls here. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Here's Ken. Ken, how you doing? Hi, how are you? Okay, man. What are you thinking? 
So, all right, I think that maybe we should look at attacking this from a different avenue. So at age 18, typically kids don't have a whole lot of money running around in their pocket. What if we were to put a tax via uh, like a sin tax, just for lack of a better word on this, and create an environment where the guns are just more expensive to buy? I currently own weapons. I'm a, 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 a licensed gun holder. And at age 18, you don't have the money to go run around and buy a four well, or five thousand. This kid weapon. did. He spent $3,500 at most. Two, yeah, two but that's 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 a lot of money for an 18-year-old, right? It, what if it took 500 or five grand to buy one weapon? He wasn't even there yet. I'm not saying it's going to totally eliminate right. it, but it's going to create a barrier to entry that might deter quite a bit of this with the younger people. A majority of these types of crimes take place with handguns, not long, uh, long rifles. But the ones that are more deadly, they're using long rifles. Why not make them more expensive? You have to currently pay $10,000 to be licensed to own a fully automatic weapon that was built before 1982 right now. And you don't hear of any of these events taking place with a fully I automatic weapon. I wasn't sure you could. I didn't think you could, you could own a fully automatic weapon. Yes, you can, sir. You have to apply for a federal license. It's a $10,000 oh. fee. It needs to be inspected on a regular basis. Right. I mean, I just think the economics of this might detour some of the younger people. This will not eliminate anything, and I don't. I'm not going to live in a world where I think right. you eliminate all shootings. That's just that's being ridiculous. Yeah. But you could try to create an environment which would make it more difficult for these people to enact this type of a crime. I um, let me uh, keep listening because I want to. I want to kind of. I'm going to kind of react to that. For thank you for the call. Yeah, you know, I. I Again, we, I'm sorry, but we have to keep going back to the idea that 99% of all the young people who purchase weapons don't do this, right? And I, I don't know what the stats are on how many young people purchase weapons anyway. I suppose it probably, you know, is relative to region where, where you are in the country. You know, um, a lot of young people who commit crimes with guns in the cities are not using legally purchased weapons. Nobody wants to talk about that. Um, the the 18-year-old who is going to purchase a weapon legally specifically so he can then go into a school or some other public place and kill a bunch of people randomly, it, and I'm not saying this to defend this kid in any way, shape, or form, but my God, statistically, it's a the number has got to be infinitesimal as far as who would do that. So if you're going to we're going to have these broad measures to either tax guns to make them uh, more expensive for 18-year-olds so 18-year-olds won't want to buy guns or we're going to raise the age to 21 because then 18-year-olds who want to kill a bunch of people won't be able to buy guns and you know I'm trying to look at it from as realistic a perspective as possible you're going to make all of the 18-year-olds go through this because of the one guy who's going to do something horrible with it. It's kind of the same thing as liberals wanting common-sense gun laws added to the, well, common-sense gun laws we already have in the books to make it difficult for all Americans, more difficult for all Americans to purchase weapons just so the one American who wants to use it to commit a crime won't be able to do it or it'll be harder for them to do it. Again, you see what I'm saying? I keep going back to these cities where you have these kinds of restrictive laws, and they have outrageous gun violence rates in those cities. 
So why do we continue to think that either adding more laws or making the guns more expensive or raising the age is going to do anything? Now, I'm, I'm completely in favor of hardening the schools. And my wife found a program that uh, was, she found a video yesterday that we were looking at where there's a company that will go into a school and provide a, a program and equipment to basically make that school as safe as possible. And I'll describe some of the stuff to you. It's, it's really amazing. First off, a buttload of cameras, cameras that show every aspect, and the cameras are linked to live stream to local police uh, departments, live stream uh, to anybody who who has a computer that can see, live streaming to the to the uh, to the school itself, so nobody can walk through the hallways of that school without being seen live by someone. Uh, they have this really interesting thing that they set up in the classrooms themselves where the kids can get behind a certain red line, get behind their chairs, and you can't see through the window if there's anybody in there. Um, uh, bullet-resistant glass on everything. Uh, they have this really interesting thing, and uh, and all the doors automatically lock, and the teachers have in their classrooms this switch they can throw that immediately resp- you know goes to the local PD saying, I'm in trouble. Uh, they can throw another switch saying, I'm safe. Uh, they have switches that lock every door in the, uh, in the school inside. And these doors cannot be gotten into. They have another thing that's really interesting called hot zones. <laughs> this is really trippy where, uh, it, I think it happens automatically where if a guy is walking through a school with a gun, now again, the doors are all locked so he can't get in any of the classrooms, can't shoot through any of the windows. And these things shoot hot smoke from the ceiling. So he can't see, he's coughing, and no matter where he goes, these things are throughout the entire school. These, this, these smoke jets will come down on this person, so they can't see where they are and they can't stop coughing. It's not specifically tear gas, but it's, it's really fascinating to watch because you would be completely disoriented. You wouldn't be, you would, you know, it would, it would incapacitate you. Program costs $400,000 to do this to a school. My wife, being my wife, was looking at the money that we just sent to Ukraine, which was $40 billion, right? And she did the math and said, I forget what the, I wish I'd written down the number that she calculated, the amount of schools that you could fit with this $400,000 program. But it was, I don't know, it was like a million schools or it was almost enough schools for every school in America. For the money we just sent to Ukraine, you could have fit with this program, this system, for four hundred thousand bucks. So I, I'm all about that. I think you know we we gotta obviously, unfortunately, we gotta uh, harden the schools. That's there's been a lot of talk about that this week, uh, and and I'm in favor of that. This business that you raised the okay, we the other thing I was trying to remember that you you got to be 21 now is to buy cigarettes, right? Kids still smoking under the age of 21? Well, yeah. I, I just don't know what the 21 thing would actually do, actually, okay? And obviously additional laws don't work because in the places where they have additional laws, they have, you know, really, really bad gun violence. And 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 again, the thing that I keep coming back to is every one of these guys who does these spree killings, they have certain things in common. Trey and I have been talking about this all week. They're loners, there's red flags, they make threats. Very often, they're, they've already been involved with local police. 
which is possibly true of this kid. And, and yet they just skate on by, and nobody <laughs> says anything, and nobody does anything. You, you, wanna, you want the gun seller to do it, right? You want to put that, especially Valdi, small town, right? I've never been there, but, I mean, everything I've read, it's a very small town, right, Chris? You know, and in a lot of these other situations, you had lots of people who knew that that guy, there's something up with that guy. That guy's dangerous. That guy's going to do something. But we think somehow if we leave it on the guy selling the gun, that somehow that guy's going to be able to stop something from happening. When people come in to that guy's store every single freaking day and they buy the same kinds of weapons this kid did. A lot of people are buying up lots and lots of ammunition these days. That would not be peculiar or stand out in your mind. People are stacking up the ammo predominantly because they are worried about additional gun laws and restrictions on ammo purchase. So there's really not, unless this guy, whatever gun shop he went to, specifically knew this kid and knew what he was all about, you can't tell me that he would have any idea this guy was going to do something crazy with the weapons. Again, when people come in and buy that kind of thing every single day. Okay, uh, 210-599-5555. I know we still got full lines, so we'll get some more calls and get back. It's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. San Antonio's news, traffic, and weather station. Newstalk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And we're back. News Talk 550 KTSA. God, there's so many different stories that now are coming out that just are haunting. Like this 11-year-old who her, her best friend was shot right next to her, and so she took some of her blood and smeared it on her so she could play dead and survive. You have the husband of the teacher who was killed who went to lay some flowers on her cross and Went home and had a heart attack the next day and died. Most people say he died of a broken heart. It's just, it's it's incomprehensible, all this stuff. Uh, 210-599-5555. Harry, how you doing? Harry. Hey? Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, man, you two suck. What's that? You two, you got a window that you can look out? Where you're sitting at? What are you talking about? I'm talking about changing the subject because you're bringing me down. <laughs> well, Look sorry, up. man. I'm sorry. I'm not going to rock and roll with that because U2 doesn't suck, by the way. Uh, here's uh, Bono can't sing, but U2 doesn't suck. Okay, here's George. George, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. How you doing? No, not, uh, not too bad. You forgot Wild Hogs. That was a great flick. But anyway... My call is on uh, ATF. Uh, they, I feel they bear a little bit of this in. I had an incident here about two weeks ago where I was ripped off for about $250 from a guy in New Jersey. My stupidity, unfortunately. I talked to the police back there, and they said to start the inquiry here, which I tried to do. Well, how did you and, get ripped uh, off? I mean, what? Well, okay, I was ordering some parts uh, for, a, for a rifle build, and... Uh, the guy said that, uh, well, you know, I need, I can get to, get you this, uh, 250 bucks to your door. And so we went through the process, and then uh, I got him the money, and I, and I texted him the next day to say, hey, let me know when you ship it so I can uh, 
expect it uh, sometime after that. And uh, he says, I got to have another 50 bucks. And I'm going, ah, I don't think so. And uh, anyway, we argued for that. And I finally told him just to re- return my money, but he didn't. But anyway, I called his town in New Jersey, the police department, and I talked to those guys. And uh, the guy sent me his uh, his uh, driver's license and his uh, New Jersey permit for buying, for right. purchasing. And uh, all that turned out to be, uh, later on, the cops said I needed to start here. So anyway, I hung up, and about five minutes later, he calls me back and says, well, you know, there's no house address on that street. I'm so shocked that go. somebody so, from New Jersey would try to rip you off. <laughs> Well, <laughs> what uh, town was he from? I'm telling you, the way it's going, the ATF was in on it because I've had eight different phone numbers for right. ATF places wow. in New Jersey. I wow. finally got a number that the uh, the New Jersey State Police uh, Firearms Unit, and I go through the process. Everything is a recording. Right. Well, I, I got to run because I, I, this you know this is a little off topic, but you know, let that be a lesson to you, okay? Don't buy weapons from people in New Jersey through the mail. In fact, don't buy anything from anybody in New Jersey through the mail. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, you out there in Texas? Yeah, I got some rifle putts for you. Guy, You know, a truck came by through town the other day, had some rifle putts on it, had a little... You might have a little trouble with this en- that engine there right over there. And, I, you know, I could get you your rifle parts for you. Hey, hit a, you, hit a bump in the road. A little bump in the road. A box up. just fell right there in front of my house. You know, what the hell? So I, I don't know what to do with these rifle parts, so I'll send them to you. Forget about it. Yeah. I stood there looking up and down the street thinking the guy would come back, but he didn't. So I'm like, hey, find we'll, his keepers, right? We'll find his keepers. I got, I got no need for these rifle parts. You're in Texas, right? Yeah, I'll send them to you, yeah. Gonna send me a thousand dollars and I'll send you some rifle pots. <laughs> I'll go home and get your <laughs> shine box. <laughs> I'm sorry, if I'm buying any gun pots, I'm buying everything right here in Texas. That's what I'm doing. I ain't gonna I don't New Jersey, whew. I spent way too much time in New Jersey when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Atlantic City's all right. Right. Ocean City's all right. Yeah. The airport's okay. The airport's okay. He's been to the airport. Yeah. South Jersey, though? Yeah, South Jersey. Ooh. Like, Cam- <laughs> like they're on Camden, which is like Ooh. the worst place ever. Camden is yeah. just, you want to die? It's going to happen. And get robbed? Yeah. Go to Camden. My son had to do some, my son's a welder and he travels all over the East Coast and mm-hmm. he was in, he was in Camden for about a month. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, I sent him a merit badge for making it out alive. <laughs> You just sit in the hotel room with a couple of guns drawn, you know, yeah, gun on the Pretty much. Pillow. He said, you know, you go to get coffee in the morning and you <laughs> take your life into your own hands. Hey, what are you looking at? Where are you from? Bangor? Take your Bangor ass home. I'll freaking kill you. You know, I mean, Camden's like, yeah. Hey, I think you're in the wrong neighborhood. <laughs> Look at you, huh? Uh, what are you? Who's this guy? He smells like friggin' lobster. You come down here with your main license plate, driving around the place. Smelling like Quint <laughs> from Jaws. <laughs> hey, how do you spell Jaws? <laughs> J-A-Y-Z, you punk ass. <laughs> Take you out. Forget about it. Yeah, Camden's kind of bad. I had a girlfriend that lived in Millville. That's in the sticks. 
where you got like entire families, like nine generations of entire families who live on the same street. <laughs> Gotta love that. Yeah, I'm gonna go see my uh, my great grandmother. She lives right over there. Great Italian food, but you know, Camden, you'll they die, do, man. They do have good pizza. Hey, you ever go to the Denton Bent? You know, there's a guy there that sells cannolis. They're not bad. You go to Denton Bent, you don't even get a can of Campbell's or some ragu. Or the can is a little bent up because it fell off a truck. I go to Denton Bent at least once a week. Bada bing, bada boom, eh. It's got everything I need right there. Right there, right over there. I don't know why they pronounce it that way. There's, there's all they. What are you laughing at, Chris, right over there? You're a funny guy. What do you mean, funny? How am I funny? No, wait a minute. You said I'm funny. Wait, you. What do you mean? What do you mean I'm funny? Like I'm here to amuse you? All right, anyway, sorry. <laughs> I'll wipe that smile off your face, son. <laughs> I won't use a bounty paper towel, neither. Gobble Golden Gaty right here. <laughs> so, yeah, don't buy rifle parts from a guy in Jersey when you're in yeah. Texas, okay? Hey, I got some steaks and some white walls, too. You want me to throw those in there with it? You could have a nice party with your rifle pots. $5,000. All right. 210. I'll put them on a truck, the same truck that bounced off of in front of my house, huh? Where you live, San Antonio? <laughs> you wear a cowboy hat? All you guys wear cowboy hats? <laughs> Jeez. I spent way too much time in Jersey, man. My youth, in my youth. They really do say use to mean like more than one you. Mm-hmm. Really do. Right. Right. You're full of beans, kid. Full of beans. Yeah, friggin' Jamoke. I hear those guys on Markley Van Camp all the time. Robin, was it uh, Markley always calls them four Jamokes? Yeah. But that's a Jersey thing. Right. Have that's, you heard that word? I, I have. Yeah, yeah, uh, Jamoke. Really... Not really sure what it means, but it ain't good. That's I, I, <laughs> that's what it means. <laughs> I took that into consideration. You bunch of jamokes. All right, two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It's Sean on Newstalk five fifty KTSA. Yeah, Newstalk five fifty KTSA FM one zero seven one. Winding down from a very difficult week on the air, and it's not saying anything about what the folks in Uvalde are, are experiencing and going through and having to endure. We've been taking your calls on a bunch of stuff and a bunch of different aspects of this, and we'll keep taking some calls uh, before we give it over to Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins. And then uh, we'll talk about a couple of funny things before we get out of here. It's also Memorial Day weekend, so remember those uh, as you're enjoying your family time and your time with your friends, so the folks who paid the ultimate price. For guys like me to be able to sit here and run my mouth and for you to be able to do whatever you want to do with your life. That precious freedom, that precious liberty has a price. Two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. Here's um Al. Al, how you doing? How you doing, Sean? Hey. What's going on? Hey, I've been through Uvalde many, many times, and I and I can't help but notice when that gunman says he's going to shoot up an elementary school, he did not shoot up the elementary school that was behind the Uvalde police station. Just uh, point that out. I didn't realize there were so there's two elementary schools in Uvalde. 
uh, that I know of. One's directly behind the police station, right mm. there off Highway 90. I passed through it. Wow. I passed by that station many times. So I'm for hardening the targets as using it as a deterrent. Well, I, I, need to. I think, and I appreciate the call, I think there is stuff we, we can do with the schools that unfortunately is necessary and, you know, it, it makes, would make it much more difficult, if not impossible, for this stuff to happen. Um, Sam, how you doing? How you doing? Hey. You, you, you're a funny guy. You're funny how? Funny like, guy. what do you mean, funny? You're funny, funny looking. No, 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 no. You, you sound funny looking. Like I'm, like like I'm a, like I'm a clown. Like I'm here to amuse you. Yeah, you are. That's what you get paid for. No, you're right. So um, <laughs> what are you thinking, hey, man? Hey, I, I'm with you almost ninety nine percent. But the insurance companies say they have statistical data showing that men do not mature to like women, and that's why young men have to pay higher insurance rates until they're 25. That's what they claim, that there is statistical data. I'm, you know, I'm with Jesse the Body Ventura. If you're old enough to pick up a rifle and shoot somebody to defend your country, you're old enough to smoke a cigarette and drink a beer. I've never smoked a cigarette in my life, but if you're old enough to defend our country, you're damn well old enough to smoke a cigarette and drink a beer. Now, one... One other thing. But what, what, what about guns, though? What about buying guns? Oh, what about guns? Well, if you're, if, it doesn't matter. I'm, like you were, you guys were saying earlier, New York, Chicago, L.A., Nueva York. You know, <laughs> they all have out of control killings every day, every weekend. There's more, there's more killings there in Chicago every weekend yeah. than there was in the mass shooting. Yeah. You know. And but, they have very restrictive gun laws. And they have the most restrictive gun laws in the country. Right. But you, and mm. but here's one thing I forgot to tell you yesterday. I drove through Uvalde many, many, many hundreds of times on my route to Del Rio. It takes maybe 15 minutes catching every red light to get from one stripes to the other on the other side of town. Mm. Why it took 12 minutes? Why it took so long for police to get there? I have no idea. I don't know. I, I, there, there's a lot of questions that town. there's a lot of questions yeah. I think people want answered. You know. Yeah, you know, and and like I told you yesterday, you know, now it's now it's confirmed. You know, <clears> this kid did make a terroristic threat four years ago. Yeah, fourteen year old four years ago. You know, and and like you said, you know what? Maybe when they turn, when it comes to guns, or something of that nature. AR-15, maybe that that information needs to be available for... Well, you know, definitely, and I, I appreciate the call, man. I'm just going to run, man. Have a great weekend, brother. You know, definitely, you know, and this is the part that frustrates me time and time again. These are individuals who were known. These are individuals who had red flags surrounding them. It's rare that you have a, a young man who commits this kind of a crime that nobody knew about, nobody thought was dangerous or weird. There was nothing that stuck out, stuck out about him. There was nothing they posted online. I, I can't think of a single case involving a young man where that's true. So, you know, why th- th- these red flags don't signal some kind of intervention before they get to the freaking gun store? 
Not to mention, uh, you know, some of the cities we've been talking about, like Chicago and Baltimore. I, I mentioned Baltimore a lot because I, I grew up around there about 20 minutes outside of Baltimore, and it's one of the most dangerous towns on the face of the freaking planet. They got, all, they got gun laws up the yin-yang, man. And, uh, you know, but yet, so, the, the, the in other words, the gun crisis in America, it, no matter how horrific Uvalde is, and it is beyond comprehensional comprehension as far as the horrific nature of that crime and what that person did. I'm, I'm not trying to diminish that in any way, shape, or form. But the real epidemic of gun violence in America, I'm sorry, is illegal gun violence in the cities. Nobody wants to, no, no Democrat wants to talk about that. No uh, anti-gun person wants to talk about that at all. And you know why. Because those towns are all governed by progressive politicians and policies. So, you know, we always, this, we always have this discussion after something like this happens, and it's especially uh, almost nauseating to me. It's like the Beto thing the other day. It's, it's, it, 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 we have to have these conversations on the heels of such horrific crimes instead of really talking about the elephant in the room, which is how is it these people skate through life with red flags all around them till they get to the point where they actually can pull off their evil plan? What's going on? What what is it? Go, well, you know, honestly, and uh, you know, we always think that if we can come up with more laws or push the age back or something, that that'll accomplish something. And I just don't see it, and I haven't heard the argument for it either. Uh, uh, where are we? Groove Dog, how you doing? Groove Dog, you there, buddy? Did you fall off on me? Uh, uh, 210-599-5555, 210-599-5555. Uh, we're going to take a little break, and then we'll come back and uh, finish out the gig. Mark Lee Van Camp and Robbins, I'm sure, will have all kinds of uh, thoughts and opinions on uh, on some of the new information we've received uh, over the past 24 hours as far as how this thing went down in Uvalde. That's a cool show. I like that show. They're three interesting dudes, man. Uh, it's Sean on Newstalk 550 KTSA. Hey, this is Scott Robbins of Markley Van Camp and Robbins celebrating 100 years of service on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry. One should never acknowledge the bumper music because the bumper music is merely to get us into the segment. I was being very unprofessional there by going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> News Talk 550 KTSA. Well, you know. Yeah. What did Limbaugh used to say? I don't want him listening to music, to the music. I want him listening to me. <laughs> um, uh, 210-599-59. Final few moments of the gig here. Did you see this guy? I had a Big Mac last night. We We went, we were... My wife's not feeling well. I actually wasn't feeling well. We're both having ha- medical issues right now. Nothing to worry about. See, and I've been wanting a Big Mac since I saw that story. Well, I, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I've been waiting to put this story over the air for like a freaking week. But you know, everything's been, we've been talking about one thing predominantly, unfortunately. So I wasn't feeling well. I have a breast growing out of my midsection. It's okay. It's not a big deal. 
It's just something that happens. We have a new navel. Next to my new navel, I have a large boob growing out of my... And my wife is having some back issues, so she's having problems walking. So we didn't want to... We were just sitting in our recliners last night for the whole night. And uh, decided to do the whole Mickey D's thing. Hold sent, on a second. Hold sent on Sent the second. family unit out there to get the burgers. Wait but. a minute. You're not feeling well. And in, or you think that ordering food from McDonald's is going to help you feel better. Precisely. And... Uh, <laughs> It's a secret sauce. It's a secret well, sauce. and I like a Big Mac. I mean, a Big Mac isn't what it used to be. It's not as big as it used to be. Right. It's just, it's, a, it's just a Mac now. It's just a Mac. Yeah. But there's a guy, because, I, again, I've been trying to get to this story all week. There's a guy, uh, where the hell is this guy from? Wisconsin. Donald Gorsk has made it into the Guinness Book of World's Records because for 50 years... Dude's eating a Big Mac every day of his life. I think except for eight days he missed. Wow. Even on like Christmas and stuff like that? Every, just, yeah, every wow. single eight. He's only missed eight days. It's the 50th anniversary of his Big Mac burger binge. He has one or two a day. And he's famous for it now. Well, I'm sure he is. And he's going to win a lifetime supply of Big Macs. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's just kind of an odd thing to be known for. You know what I mean? Like, I'd like to be known, remembered for something a little weightier than that. You know, the homestyle burger, <laughs> <laughs> the McDLT, <laughs> quarter pounder, <laughs> the sweet and spicy at ha- water burger. You know. Yeah. But you know, I guess if it makes him happy, there's a picture of him. You know, he, he, he was a hippie-looking guy when he started, and now he just looks really unhealthy. Actually, he looks like Captain Kangaroo for some strange reason. And only you old farts will know who that is. But, I mean, you know, he just eats a Big Mac every day. Mm-hmm. Eats several Big Macs every day. He says, I just, I know when I, when I like something, I just want to do the, you know, I want it every day. You know, it's like me and booze. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's not true anymore. Right. Now I only do high-powered narcotics. But, you know, prior to that. So good so on he, him. He doesn't just stop at one a day. Sometimes he's he several. several. And I, you know, and again, it, like six hundred calories a pop. I know, and he's not fat. He's not a fat dude. He walks to the McDonald's. He walks to the McDonald's. Yeah, ten miles away, he walks. And I wonder if, like, when he walks in, uh, Mister Big Mac Man's here. Get his ass a Big Mac. And like, uh, maybe the one day after the fifty years, he had to walk in and go. I'd like a fish sandwich. <laughs> Say what? Anyway. Give me a Whopper. <laughs> when they bring the McRib back. Oh, God. Order one of those instead. The McRib. Throw them off a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to have to run to the bathroom just thinking about the McRib. I don't think my new intestines could handle a McRib. Like, I think I'd be dealing with that for weeks. You know what I mean? If I ate one McRib. It would take, you know, like six months to travel well, through I'm, my I'm thinking, digestive tract. I'm no expert, but I'm thinking there are some dietary similarities between the two, the McRib and the Big Mac. <laughs> like it's made out of the same crack, I'm just thinking, molded. I'm thinking it's like the same thing. Steve Marks used to say that everything at McDonald's is just molded out of the same crap, you know. Mm-hmm. Cheeseburger. <laughs> Drinking cup. <laughs> I actually, and I, I was telling Trey this, I think, that it's weird that... Since I got out of the hospital, like, I actually crave different stuff than I did before going to the hospital. 
I eat a lot of raw vegetables. Mm-hmm. Every other day, I go to H E B and get one of their raw vegetable trays. Right. And I'll just and I eat the crap out of that. I just I, I and I've never ever been that guy. Yeah. I get tired of like if we get junk food one too many times in a row, I'm like, nah, I, I can't. I think the body is such an amazing machine mm-hmm. that when you go through a certain change like that, it begins to crave different things that are better for you or more in line with what it is that you're, you know, right. who you are at that, that time. That, perhaps that's true, but then then you're 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 insinuating that on those days where you go back and have something that's not necessarily good for you. You ultimately pay the price of not feeling it, well. It, well, it doesn't taste as good, and I don't right. enjoy it as much. Yeah. See, with me, um, if, if I go to have something that is, t- you know, not necessarily healthy or good for me, um, like I don't feel good for the rest of the yeah. day. Yeah. Like even the next day, I don't feel well at all. Right. So well, that's kind of where I'm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It happens. I, I maybe it's just you know part of getting old. I don't know. I no, but, I think the body just adjusts and yeah, develops. I, so. I really do because I've never been interested in raw vegetables in my entire stinking life, mm-hmm. and I eat a lot of them. Uh, they wanted to get Whataburger the other night, and I was like, eh, yeah. so I and I just wasn't up for it. So I went to H E B and got a sushi mm-hmm. and some <laughs> raw freaking vegetables. Man, I might go get that today. That sounds good. Tomorrow those crawl dads. Tomorrow we're getting mud bugs. Season's almost over. You better collect on them now. Because they're fat. They're big and fat right now. Right. And my my daughter's boyfriend is coming up from Houston. He likes mud bugs. We all like mud bugs, so we're going to be sucking the heads tomorrow. (laughs) Are you going to order them and bring them home, or are you going I've You know, HEB, actually, our local HEB does a great job with their crawfish, and we live right down the street. Mm Mm-hmm. So if we're lucky to get there early when they're just coming out of the pot, we roll down home, and they're steaming hot, and they're fresh, mm-hmm. and the spice is pretty good. And, you know, and so we've been just eating at home. Right. I just lay a bunch of newspaper out on the on the dining room table. We just dump them out, and, you know, and I, I've actually really been enjoying that instead of going all the way to, like, Willie's or something like that. You know who else enjoys that? The San Antonio Express News, because somebody's actually buying newspapers. Well, it's the best <laughs> reason for the Express News. All of a sudden, we're selling newspapers again. This is rhyme. I need something to sop up the crawdad juice. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you, Chris. Thanks to Elaine Rodriguez, our executive producer. Thanks to Don Morgan and my good brother Trey Ware. Continued prayers for you, Valdi. And, of course, spread the love and don't be a jerk. We'll see you on Tuesday. Bye.